Hi, everyone, and welcome to You Don't Want to Know, the podcast. Welcome, everyone. I want to start off by saying I'm so sorry. (laughs) I wanted to post this earlier. Actually, I can't even say that. I wanted to record this earlier. But life, as always, has been hectic. I feel like I've been singing the same song for so long. This mic is really turned up. How do I... Oh, that's not the right one. That's this one. Yeah, okay. There we go. I feel like I was screaming into the mic, but I wasn't. Okay, so life chaotic. Yeah, so um, I finally found time to actually record, and here I am. I've had this story saved up for a little bit. I actually, another reason why I kind of fell off was because I kept getting these stories that were short, I guess. I, they really couldn't, and that, that sounds bad, and I'm going to do the stories eventually, but I want to have longer stories right now, but the stories were just so short, and I don't know, I just, I like, I like long drives listening to podcasts, so I like to do longer podcasts, but that's just me. So here I am welcome back to me. I also will say that I'm probably going to skip a week or two because of the holidays and also finals because I'm in school again. Woohoo! So yeah, I will be missing for a little bit, but it's fine. Just just re-listen to some episodes and it'll be like I never left. It'll be great, guys. Just great. So just want to put this out there. If you want to look at any podcast pictures, it's YDWK Podcast on Instagram or Facebook, you don't want to know. And then if you have case suggestions, it's YDWKPodcast at gmail.com. That's about it for that. Okay, so let's move on to the true crime story calendar thingy. On February 1st, 2021, six people were arrested after altering the famous Hollywood sign in Los Angeles to read, wait for it, Holly Holly Boob. Yes, you heard correctly, Holly Boob, (laughs) alleging they intended to raise awareness for breast cancer. Noble. They hiked to the iconic spot, covering the W with a tarp reading boob, or B, sorry, and the fashioned and fashioned the D to read the same. The group was caught on their way back down the hill and was later cited for trespassing on private ho- private property held by the Hollywood Sign Trust. There was no damage to the sign, so no vandalism was charged. Charges were brought. Excuse me. The sign has a long history of alterations by pranksters, including two turns as Hollyweed in. 1976 and 2017 man i feel like they could have really like had a what is that 50 year one two three four no 40 year like a little anniversary of it by doing it in 2016 but chance missed i guess that's hilarious though that cracks me up like i love stupid humor oh i feel like there was a movie that came out well there's a show that's stupid humor that i absolutely love and i feel like no one ever talks about it Tina Fey's in it for a minute, and you know I love Tina Fey. It's called Great News. It's stupid humor, but like that's the best kind of humor. Oh, speaking of stupid humor, I have a joke for you guys, and you're gonna thank me for it. What is the best Christmas present? Anybody? Anybody? It's a broken drum. 
because you can't beat it. Ha ha ha. I think that's so funny, actually. Um, that was a sarcastic laugh, but when I actually heard that joke, I laughed pretty hard. <laughs> All right. I'm so sorry. People probably left. But if you're still here and you like that joke, stick around. So I need to talk about the movie I watched and then we will get started. I saw the movie. Ooh, I don't even remember what it was called. It was the Hunger Games one, though. The new Hunger Games. Something with like a snake and a bird, like Song of Snake and Bird. I don't know. No idea what it was called, but it was a prequel to the Katniss era of Hunger Games, You one would say, you know. I thought it was good. The only thing that has been happening with movies, and it's kind of getting old, is the length of movies. And as I say that, I think I just aged 10 years, but movies are getting so long. And it's like, we don't like wrap it up, guys. We don't need to keep it this long. And I like to think of myself as a movie connoisseur. But then there are people out there who are real movie connoisseurs and they're actually enjoying the length and really feeling its artistic grab or whatever they call it with these long movies. Me, I'm just like sitting there trying not to pee my pants and trying to order the best food that will keep me satisfied for like the three and a half hour movie that I just had to see. Um, what movie was it? The, oh gosh, it was about the bomb. Mm, can't think of the name, but I know it was a movie. Uh, it was like the first three hour movie that had been out in a long time. Oh my gosh, this is going to drive me crazy. For some reason, Hinter Kaifect is coming in my head, but I know that's not it. Oh my gosh, I can't. I'm sorry, guys. I gotta stop. I gotta figure this out. Okay, so Oppenheimer. The movie was Oppenheimer. And you know what? I knew it was three hours. I prepared for it, but it was still long. But you know what? It was okay. I felt like it was so rushed, though. Like, there was no... Oh, how do I say this? Like, all the acting was with their words. There was not a whole lot of body acting where there were no words spoken, where I feel like I can relax, I guess. I could be totally wrong, but that's just how I felt. The other movie was Who Killed the Moonflower, I think is what it was called. I was so excited to see this movie. I saw it at a, on a whim. I was getting gas and my fiance was like, we should go see this movie. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, you never like want to see a movie on a whim. I'm always down for that. Yes. So we get there and we're watching this movie. We're watching it. We're watching it. And we're like, okay, they're about to wrap it up. Another 20 minutes go by. Okay. Now they're going to wrap it up. Another 20 minutes go by. Whole hour goes by and it's, it never wraps up. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is a good movie. But critics were saying like, this is Leonardo's best work. He did good. He did Leo things. Don't get me wrong. He did the Leo stuff, but it was like average Leo, which average Leo is great, but it's, it's Leo. It's nothing that like blew me away. Like Django Unchained, change, chained, blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. But this one, like he just did a good job. You know, he did, he did a Leo type job, which is above normal, but still Leo. Um, and I didn't know how long it was. No one talked about how long it was. It was so long. And I also feel like it didn't need to be that long. I feel like things could have like been hastened. I don't know. So then I saw this movie, uh, the the freaking Hunger Games one, 
And the thing that bothered me, it was a little long, not as bad, but things were drawn out, you know, and sometimes that happens in movies. That's okay. But then one of the most crucial parts towards the end of the movie was so fast and so brief. I was like, that's all it took for them to do this whole thing. Like they were fighting for this one thing for a long time. Their main goal was this one thing. And then this one thing happens and it changes the whole course of it. Like what the heck? So that's what really bothered me. Sorry, I have to be so broad, but hopefully if you saw the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't, maybe I'm just crazy, but it just really bothered me. And I, th- I thought about it for a while. Like why, why would that be just so quick? I don't know. That's just me. But that is, um, I'm getting down off of my soapbox. That's my movie rant. Oh, guys, gosh. i oh, so excited. There is a Godzilla minus one. It is in another language. But I have gone on many uh, movie forums at this point, and everyone says it's worth it. So I will be doing the Godzilla minus one. There's also another Godzilla Kong movie that I am so excited for. I never realized like how much of a Godzilla and King Kong fan I was until two days ago (laughs) when I got super excited when I found out. So you'll be hearing from me on those ones as well. But enough is enough. Let's get to why we're here, guys. Let's get uncomfortable and talk about true crime. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. the ASMR or or whatever that stuff is called of the podcast. I feel like I touch so many bases. I read a calendar, which is like English. I go over movies, which is cinema. I do ASMR and I do true crime. Sometimes I do spooky. I just hit every base. Wow. That's pretty good. You guys are really lucky. I'm sorry. I'm so goofy today. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm so tired. Who knows? But here we go. This is the story of Regina Armstrong, and this is a very interesting case. I'm very surprised that it's not talked about more, but if you have listened to all my podcasts, you know that I try and do um, true crime topics or cases that are not as publicized. I feel like a lot of people will either go to shows or to podcasts, so... I know some of these cases might have a lot of news on them, but I want to do things that are more the speed of nowadays. So that's why I'm doing this. So Regina was born March 16th of 1979 to Bob and Donna Armstrong. She had an older sister named Christina and she was about three, well, a little less than four years older than her. She, Christina actually had Alport syndrome and it made her a little hard of hearing And eventually she actually needed a kidney transplant and um, people like donated stuff to help her with that. So it was really nice, but she was not like 100% healthy, but on the outside, you really couldn't tell. Bob worked for Culligan Water Conditioning Service and Donna ran a cafeteria in a school in Florida. So Regina, she was just a little girl. She was fun loving. At the time of this story, she was about five or six. She just loved getting muddy. She would collect bugs. Her dad would say that she liked doing all that stuff, getting muddy and showing him all the bugs, but you could put her in a dress and she would act like a lady too. So she did both. And I feel like that's kind of how I was, but a little less girly. Actually, 
I don't even think that's true. I hated wearing dresses. My mom made me wear a dress to school once and I cried all day. It was also a really ugly dress. So maybe that's why I cried. I don't know. But I was like in first or second grade. All right. Enough about me. Sorry. On June 18th, 1985, Bob dropped his daughter off at a babysitter in South Orlando. Regina had said, Daddy, I love you. I'll see you tonight. And then ran off with her sister to the babysitter. They had played for a little while and then had some lunch. But then after that, Christina, Regina, and the babysitter's either brother, younger brother, or son, I heard it both ways, went out to play in like the courtyard of the apartments. And the kids said that there was like this man who had come by and spoken to them a little bit, like asking them to come with him. And then he left like really quickly. And then shortly he came by again. And I'm guessing like maybe an adult came to the vicinity and he got spooked and left, which like gross, get away. Like, come on, dude, like disgusting. So he came back and the kids didn't really know why, but he came back shortly after. And that's when he went up to Regina. Regina was the youngest between both of them. He said, and then he went over to Christina and the son or, or brother. He said that they were going to be back in 30 minutes. He was taking Regina. He said that he had these grandkids that were around her age and Regina could like play with them. He was picking them up and then they'd be back. It would be super quick. He also offered the two kids $2 to watch the apartment building where his wife was staying. I had no idea. I really don't know. So Christina and the brother slash son were like, okay, cool. That's exciting. Yeah, let's do it. Well, then time kept passing and kept passing and kept passing. And finally, uh, Christina was like, I don't think she's coming back. We have made a mistake. So her and the boy run back to the apartment and they're trying to tell the babysitter what happened. And she just wasn't having it. She didn't believe them. She thought they were being dramatic or over embellishing. And she literally locked them out of the apartment. Didn't let them come in. I don't know if actually, I don't know if it was the apartment or like the bedroom, but she locked them out. And Christina is worried. Like, of course, that's your little sister. She's nine years old at this time. I believe Christina was six or excuse me. Christina was nine years old. Regina was six. It's a hard tongue twister. So... Once the babysitter's boyfriend, and in some cases, the babysitter's older brother as well, get home, she finally unlocks the door and believes Christina and the son slash brother. Two and a half hours later, two and a half hours later, it's just so horrible. So finally, once Christina's mom gets by, the police are called. They get there and right away people are sent to start looking, of course. Thank God. Some of them are uh, stay back to talk to the kids that saw what happened and they actually made a sketch from the description that Christina gave because she saw this man twice. Um, let's see. So she said that he was a white man, about six foot, 37 to 40 years old, he wore a plaid shirt, faded jeans, and was wearing a watch. He looked like he had been in a fight because he had like a split lip. Um, he was missing two teeth from the side of his mouth. 
He had a tattoo on his forearm and he smelled like oil, like a mechanic would, you know, and alcohol. So they made a sketch artist or they made a sketch off of that. Thank God they were able to. And like I said, the search was on. People were on horsebacks. People went door to door. The canine unit was out and helicopters were everywhere. They were searching hard. So a timeline of kind of what was happening. Eight days later on Tuesday, the 26th, they had over 100 Navy men come and help the search. People started making like handouts and posters, just really trying to spread the word. The family, Bob and Donna, offered $5,000 to bring in the kidnapper as well as this place called Crimeline. They added $1,000, so $6,000 just for bringing in this guy. Well, I guess that's not a just, that's a pretty big thing, but they were able to get that money. There were so many tips just pouring in, and that's what a lot of the job was. Those volunteers were taking every single tip, and they were looking at every single tip, and it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tips that just came pouring in. People saying that they saw a girl that looked like Regina. People said they saw a guy that looked like Regina or guy that looked like Regina guy that looked like the composite sketch or a guy with suspicious activity there were just so many tips pouring in and just the fact that the police were able to get them all is just crazy so one little girl saw the sketch on the tv and she was from florida it was like coco coco beach florida and she insisted insisted it was the man that tried to kidnap her her story is a little different though So she was in her bedroom that she shared with her sister and she was sleeping when a man, and this is horrifying, a man pulled the screen from out of her window and tried to pick her up. Luckily, luckily, her sister saw what was happening and started screaming. So the man just dropped her and ran. This makes me so grateful for two things. One, I always lived on the first floor with my mom or my mom, my family. And now I live on like an, it's not like the first floor. It's not like ground level. It's a little higher. So it'd be very hard to scoop me up for multiple reasons that I don't need to explain. Um, Two, I've always shared a room with my sisters. So I would hope they would scream. (laughs) You never know, but I would, I think they're pretty light sleepers. So they would help me out. Luckily. Okay. So the little girl was sure that that was the man. And this kind of like fueled the police, I guess, to look into other cases. They started looking into cases with like similar MOs, um, similar sketches, just anything they could find that had a connection. But they did not have a whole lot of luck, unfortunately. So police, because of all the extra work that was coming in with the phone calls and the tips and the searches, They actually brought in volunteers from the Adam Walsh Center to help with these calls and tips. And the volunteers were determining if tips were valid, which kind of makes me nervous. But you know what? Like, at some point, you just have to do what you have to do. Like, the police department could not hold this capacity. So I get it. But that still makes me nervous. The volunteers said, well, I guess not just the volunteers, but 
most of the tips were determined to not have any relevance. On June 26th, the remains were found. Oh, oh sorry. On June 26th, remains were found um, along this Chickasaw Trail. I think it's how you say it, Chickasaw Trail. They were found actually to be the missing remains of a 32-year-old man that had gone missing July of 1983. So it was not Regina. It was a, an older gentleman. But the search brought it did find some things. So that's good. That means it's thorough. Bob and Donna decided to take a leave of absence from their jobs in order to help search because I don't know how you would do anything else but search for your daughter at that time, like honestly. And they didn't just search. They met up with different groups to come up with different ideas. They printed papers and passed them out, hung flyers. They did everything, everything. They literally like did not want her to lose relevance because they knew as soon as she did, it would just be a cold case, you know? So they fought and thought and brainstormed different ways to keep their child's life alive, I guess, essentially in the public eye. They did a really good job. John Walsh, like I said, the um, Adam Walsh Foundation. Yeah, the Adam Walsh Foundation. He was involved in the search as well. He went into the Today's Show, onto the Today's Show, excuse me, showing a picture of Regina and the composite sketch. So you guys are probably wondering, John Walsh, Adam Walsh, who is that? Or you guys are true crime crazy people like me and know that story. So John Walsh, he is the father of Adam Walsh. And this is a horrible, disgusting, tragic, kill your dreams uh, case. It was in 1981. um, His son, Adam, was abducted in a Sears store and he was only six years old. A fisherman found his skull two weeks later, but the body was never found. It was determined to be Otis Toole who committed his murder, and he confessed to it, I think, twice and recanted both times. It wasn't until um, Otis Toole passed away that his niece said that he made a deathbed confession stating that he had done it. So I think that's further down the line. But due to Adam's death, his dad just wanted to feel useful I guess which sounds bad but I get it I understand like wanting to feel helpful feel helpful that's a better word um with parents that were go are going through similar situations of losing a child or a child's death so he was helping this family at this point there were 18 full-time detectives on this case and 130 officers slash navy men on this case. Like I said, full freaking throttle. From different tips, over 200 men were um, like brought in and questioned because they resembled the sketch. And that should really tell you how hard they were working. Towards the end of June, a tip was called in. It was a man going to Popeye's. He came in and asked for a can opener uh, to open a can of ravioli, and that was Regina's favorite food, favorite food. An employee said he looked exactly like the sketch and that two teens followed him out. The man proceeded to walk outside hastily into a brown car and specifically they said speed off. Another tip came in from a maid at a small hotel She said that two men and one girl checked in. One of the men looked like the sketch artist. 
Police came and said that the room was empty, but there was one of Regina's missing posters that was torn up in the room. And guys, I really feel like that was it. That was the chance. Unfortunately, nothing ever came from it. Nothing. There were no further steps taken. Well, I shouldn't say that. They never were able to trace anything back to it. And that I just, I feel like that was the one. So every time there was a tip, of course, Bob and Donna's hope got high and then came crashing down because nothing ever came from it. There was never any second steps that were found from any single tip. And slowly the tips started to slow down significantly And there were other cases, other things happening in that area. And that means that police, police uh, men and the Navy men had to start coming off of it. Officers and detectives just started having to go on other cases. And it was incredibly painful, but it just, it had to happen. So like I said, things started to slow down. And late that summer... An eight-year-old boy from Cocoa Beach, which if you guys don't remember, that's where that one girl was almost kidnapped. Another boy, an eight-year-old boy from Cocoa Beach was kidnapped from his home. He was sleeping on a sofa when a man came in and carried him to an empty lot close to his house. And this reminds me of Thad, if you guys remember that episode. He was sleeping and the boy, or he grabbed the boy, carried him to an empty lot And the boy was very, very scared. He set him down and told him to not tell anyone and then just left. So the boy went home, called his parents, and that was it. Nothing really ever came from it. They thought that the two cases might be linked, maybe even the three. They for sure thought that the other girl from that area was linked to this one, maybe Regina, but they didn't know for sure. And they thought that this could be like an escalation or a cry for help because he wasn't doing anything. He was just grabbing him and setting him down like he was trying to fight his urges, maybe. So in L.A., there are a few more sightings in the August month, which I don't know why I said it that way, but let's keep going. (laughs) They said that there was a man and a little girl who looked really, really similar to the sketches that he held the girl really, really tightly like he thought he was going to lose her. And she seemed super, super nervous. They got super excited from this because so many people were calling this in, saying that they see the guy, this is the guy, he's got a little girl with her, like all this stuff, he looks crazy. So police were like, let's freaking go. It was a huge thing. The police did a stakeout and had undercover guys working. And when they finally got him, it turned out to be the wrong guy. It's so frustrating. It ended up being, and this is so sad, like this case just sucks, guys. It ended up being the single dad having a hard time providing for his daughter. And that's why he looked so disgruntled and crazy because he couldn't afford getting a haircut. But the police said that the little girl looked exactly like Regina. Like they were creeped out by the fact that she looked so much like Regina. And, you know, like I said, Bob and Donna were working really hard brainstorming, trying to figure out how to keep Regina's case alive. They started sending out these postcards, and I shouldn't say they did it. They were able to go to this um, business, Advo System, and they send out postcards to households all across America with missing children's faces on them. So they were able to jump on that. 
the Peterson Outdoor Advertising Company and the Southland Corp Company corporation um paid for billboards all over tennessee florida and south carolina half of it was a picture of regina the other half was just information about her and just where to contact them what to do they were just really really trying they started looking at other victims as well so the police like i said before they were looking for people with similar cases well, now they're looking at people with similar MOs. They're kind of throwing the composite sketch out, thinking like maybe she remembered wrong and this isn't the guy. So let's just forget about what he looks like and start looking at motivation. You know, what is this guy? Motive operandi, you know, what can we find that's similar to this? And they did find one, one case. It was a man who had raped and killed this four-year-old but they couldn't place him in the area, unfortunately, and he was already in jail. So again, nothing. They were trying to come up with ideas because they wanted this case solved so bad. And months started to pass with no project, project progress at all. Regina's birthday comes and goes, and it's just getting harder and harder, absolutely harder and harder. Bob and Donna decide to move out of their home because it had too many memories. They move into a two-bedroom apartment, but they make sure to keep a space for Regina because they think that they're going to get her back, which of course you would think that. They also are getting incredibly strict with Christina, and they don't want her going anywhere without them knowing or being able to see her, and they just get crazy and stressed, which completely understandable like I would probably be the exact same way too if this situation happened to me god forbid so at this point it has been three years Christina Christina Regina has been gone for three years but going back in time a little bit to September of 1987 there was a child's skull found as well as a dress in a construction site in Oviedo, I think is how you say it, county in Florida, which that is roughly 15 miles from where Regina was taken. Unfortunately, it was placed in an evidence locker for that county and just kind of forgotten about, which blows my mind and it blew everyone else's mind. It wasn't until the new chief police found it and he was just as appalled as obviously like I as anyone would be because how do you do that you know somehow the prior police chief was unaware of Regina's missing what am I trying to say somehow the police chief was unaware of the whole case that was going around that Regina was missing somehow he missed all of those highly publicized cases like insane he was fired, luckily, due to being late for a drug raid, lying about it in his paperwork, and botching multiple investigations. So luckily, this new guy came in and he cleaned up his work, essentially. Unfortunately, though, so much time had passed and the skull was out in the Florida sun. It was very hard to determine specific details because of that; those factors. The best guess was from the autopsy guy 
autopsy guy, the autopsy technician, mortician, whatever you want to call it. I'm having a hard time, guys. I don't know words. This was a five to seven year old skull and it was at least one to three years deceased. That was the window, which of course is the window of Regina being gone. Either it happened right away or it happened like a year ago because this had been in the evidence locker for like at least a year. The dress also matched the description of what she was wearing. And when her father and mother, Regina's father and mother came to look at it, he knew right away that that was her dress right away. So when the police went to try and investigate the area to see if they could find any possible clues, there was literally no way of finding any new evidence because there was a housing development over the area and everything was gone. So although this wasn't exactly the news, obviously, that the family was hoping for, they were hoping for some kind of lead, it was better than nothing and it was some kind of closure. So the family was finally able to hold a funeral service for her daughter, their daughter. And this is really tough, guys. They had a pink and white casket with flowers all over it. Oh, that's so hard. The headstone was, and excuse me, the headstone and the funeral plot was donated. And the family asked that people not buy flowers, but donate to the organizations that helped them through this whole process. So 2005 rolls around, years later, there was a man who was convicted of kidnap, rape, and murder of a young girl similar to Regina. Her name was Jessica. So this disgusting scumbag's name is John Cooey. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I really don't care if I'm wrong. Whatever. So he had confessed to killing Jessica in a horrible way and He is just a monster, guys. This guy is a monster for what he did to her. He said that he didn't know why he did it and he was sorry. And this was the first time he did anything like this and he had nothing to do with Regina. I don't buy it because you don't do that on the first time. That's just me. I think he's a liar. Obviously, he's a sick person. I don't know if he has anything to do with Regina's case, but just... I don't believe a word he says. Unfortunately, he was ruled out as a suspect, but he was eventually sentenced to death for the murder of Jessica. Uh, But he died of brain cancer in prison. So he did not receive his capital punishment. And unfortunately, the murder of murder and kidnapping of Regina Armstrong has never been solved. So guys, I know this is kind of crazy. It's been so long. But I'm going to post a picture of this guy's face or the composite sketch. And if for some reason you know a guy that looked exactly like this person, call someone, okay? Figure it out. Just look at the picture. You never know. Honestly, you really never know. And this is a quote from um, Detective Michael Morchke, I think is how you say, of the Orlando Police Department. The key to solving this case is finding someone who knows something. Either that or DNA technology will have finally caught up with this crime. So guys, we need to find someone that knows something. So here's my cry. Look at the picture. See if something happens. You never know. Show it to your friends and family. 
see what happens. But that's the case of Regina Armstrong. It was a little short, but I just felt so passionate about this case. Thanks for listening. Uh, Merry freaking Christmas, guys. It's such a beautiful season. Spread love and joy to every single person. Thank you so much for listening. If I didn't say that already, uh, if you want to see, actually, no, guys, go look at Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Look at that picture. Show your friends, show your family, show the people in your class, whatever. Show them that picture. See if someone recognizes that person. Uh, that's uh, YDWK podcast on Instagram. Why, uh, you don't want to know on Facebook or YDWK podcast at gmail.com. If you can't, if you don't have any of those sources, send me an email and I will send you the picture. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Let's freaking find this dude, though. Like, I feel like we could do it. There's not many people that listen, but chain reaction, you know, butterfly effect. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Have a holly jolly season. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hi, best friend. Hi. Oh my God, are you okay? Yeah, just having to do this promo that you're making me do, but it's okay. Yeah, same. I have to do it too. (laughs) Hi, best friend. Hi, best friend. I'm Kelly. I'm Kelsey. And our podcast is Good Luck Everyone Else. Someone told us seven years ago that we were funny enough to start a podcast, so here we are, finally getting around to it. We don't know what we'll say or what we'll get into, but we can say we release every Friday. So hang out with us then. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Good Good luck. luck.